start the damn thing. Start. It's it's plain. Let me get off of. Oh shit! I close the whole the whole damn thing. Let's get off of Reddit. Oh shit! Comment. I'm a lurker. I just lurk around. What's up, dude? Eh, not much. Welcome to the pre-show, everybody. Taylor's going to talk about Wakanda forever. I will. Yeah. About, we're going to talk about some people passing away, and there was yeah. not really any more news than that, man. Uh, I don't know when a legend like that passes. I don't think you'd really need to talk about anything else. So we'll spend a lot of time on that. And then, yeah, food and comics. Man, I could have had a top eight this week. I could have, Easy. too. I had a, like, Easy. it was the, it was one of those weeks where, like, I was actually not sure whether to put something as my number one or yeah. as an honorable mention, you know? For sure, dude. I have so many honorable mentions. And I think it's going to be good because, fuck it, we'll just talk about all of these damn books. You know what I mean? If yeah. we read them and we want to talk about them, fuck it. Even if they're our not show, we do what we want. Exactly, damn it. And again, there is no news at all. So, uh, hey everybody, welcome to the pre-show. This is where we talk about what we're going to do on the show, and we've done that. So let's do. <laughs> we are. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Taylor and I already have an audio. Oh, Ugh. yes. Oh, yes. I hate this. It is revolting. Mm. More? Please. It's all these fuckers coming back. Can't believe they come back. I guess I'll need to see if that's Star Trek. Oh, my gosh, this guy. I hope your audio don't do that the whole time. What? Your audio was a little weird. It's just because of the music playing. Oh, Another episode of this geeky comics outbreak degrees comic book shit talk show shit talk show it's a gomer and taylor hour how's it going dude what's going on uh, it's going pretty well um it's good. good definitely enjoyed it so yeah we got the mixture of the sad and the good news as we yeah we're definitely gonna get into that uh yeah. segment one mine will be real quick did you happen to catch the three minutes of studio ghibli on disney plus yet I didn't see the full thing. No, I saw that they Only were three minutes. Well, oh, man, I need to get on that then because it's on Saturday. Yeah, I'll, I'll pause it. All right, everybody, combination. we're gonna pause it. Gonna <laughs> no, no, pause no. It. I'll just watch it right after. Yeah, it's actually quite good, man. It's quite good. Well, um, yeah, it's, it's exactly Gina, what you expect. You know? And I expect it to be delightful, so I am glad to see that. Yeah, uh, it's directed by Katsuo Konda. Music by Ludwig Göransson. Uh, it's called Star Wars Zen, Grogu, and Dust Bunnies. Uh, yeah, it focuses on Baby Yoda. So there you go. And it was quite good. But I didn't watch it. But I know he did. So this is it. We're going to talk about Wakanda forever. There will be spoilers, y'all. Yeah. There will be. Just there will be. This okay? is hard to talk about without spoilers. Honestly. Yeah, there's a lot of spoilers. Yeah. And I didn't see it. But I know all the spoilers, right? Yeah. Go ahead. All right, so do, I guess what you need to do to talk about the movie because it was, it was from what I've heard, it's been great. It's been to start good. off with, yes, it is a great, great movie. It's one of the best ones they've done in a while. Oh, awesome! His audio is just gonna keep going in and out. You still there? <sighs> Am I not? <laughs> no, you're back now. You're back now. But it is maybe it's because I'm fiddling with the wire there on my headphones. I don't know. Yeah, get another. All right, can you hear me? Yeah, get another fidget. All right. Anyway, okay, so to start off with, yeah, the movie is great. Um, it's probably the best one they've done in a while. Um, nice. I would wholeheartedly recommend it. 
Is it better than the original? No. <sighs> Probably not. Heard. Or at least it's not as impactful as the original, which that was, it was never going to be able to do that, you know? Now I know, and again, there's spoilers, so I know he's in this for, you know, like five minutes, but the reason the first one is so good is because Killmonger is such a good villain. I'm sorry. That's why. That's why. You know, as everything far else as in the like, movie is great, but Killmonger as far as, as, is amazing. As far as like bringing back Michael B. Jordan to be in it for like that little brief moment, they did it in a very effective way. And they actually, it's not just like they had the infrastructure in place by going to the ancestral plane or whatever. They make it a really clever part of the story. So I guess this is here where we really get into uh, spoilers quite heavily here. But um, yeah, there's artificial chemicals. There's super soldier serum basically at work here. Yes, um, but the super soldier serum that the Wakandans use has like a mystical connection to like Boss. bloodline of the Panthers or whatever. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, that means that she gets to go to the afterlife. But instead of getting a pep talk from her, what well, they couldn't obviously use her brother, but instead of getting a pep talk from her dad or from her mom, could have, spoiler alert, died. They should in the movie. not have gone that way. They should not have. That would have been crass. <laughs> yeah, um, that would have been not great. Yeah, but anyway, so she meets Killmonger instead, and it's really clever the way they did that, because she was in a place where her anger was overwhelming her. She was, it, her headspace was such a way that she wanted to see the person in her deepest part of her heart who wanted to guide her towards revenge, right. and that's what Killmonger does, because that's yeah. who Killmonger is, you know? Yeah, and I, I sort of chalk, and again... I haven't seen it. I've read all of the spoilers. I've read detailed descriptions. Why? Because I don't give a shit. Um, but I've sort of, uh, in my own head, because, again, I haven't seen the scene, compared it to when Eric himself goes. And his vision over there isn't the most positive experience. No. Um, you know I mean, I mean? It's almost like bad, a fever but... dream, dude. Yeah. You know? his, his, so. his vision was kind of heartbreaking because you could see that his dad was, you know, glad like you know he still loved and accepted his son but he could see his son was going down a dark path well but it, was here, guilt. Yeah. it was the guilt of the father man and yeah. that was what that whole thing was about how the child how the sons have to carry the guilt of the father but anyway in that context i think that sort of happens in this movie too yeah but it's not so much with guilt but with it's rage Doro. well there's rage yeah there's definitely rage it's but it's lost with, like, and it's so remorse lost. yes yeah yes yeah. And that's really the that that's really the heart of this movie. Is it is a movie that examines loss, remorse and how that can lead you down a dark dark path, which it almost does to Shuri here. So, um Queen Ramonda had been killed by Namor. Um oh, about halfway through all the spoilers. Yeah, so about like, well, we're in spoiler zone here, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah, not about, like in hand-to-hand combat or anything. He just floods the place and she drinks. Yeah. Right. It's not he, like he's, he leads an attack yeah. on Wakanda and he himself like basically bombs the throne room with like the water grenades that the not Atlanteans, but uh Tomacollins, I think is what they're going yeah, with. Yeah, let's let's just call them Atlanteans because I can't pronounce it. I'm not that. sure what the name is for like the people from uh Tomacoa or whatever. So let's yeah. I'll yeah. just stick with Atlanteans, even though I know that's not right. Yeah, I can't um, pronounce it. Yeah. Namor's people use water um, grenades. Anyway, yeah, so he not only kills R- Ramonda, but she dies a horrific death. She drowns while yeah. trying to save Riri Williams, who was also in the throne room with her. Yeah. Um, and Riri is good in it, I heard. There's not Yeah, she was much really cool in the her. character. There's not much. Um, they found a good way to... Well, it's not her movie, and they did a good job working her into the story. Like, she... <laughs> Is it, she doesn't feel shoehorned in. She feels like she's yeah. a natural part of it because she invented something 
that the that Namor and his people don't want her to have invented, and they're out to kill her. Yeah, and exactly. so that's also how the uh, Wakandans get involved is because it's yeah. like a vibranium tracker, and that affects them too. Yeah, and then there's another movie where like the brand new kid, the legacy character, basically. Uh, is coming in needing protected. You know, they did it in everything except, I would say, Miss Marvel. You know, she's mm. not really the one that needed protecting in that. That was more yeah. empowering. But I think that's weird that they're bringing in these legacy characters like that. But again, Riri is getting her own mo- or show. She's going to yeah. be in Armor Wars for sure, whether that's a movie or a show. I'm not Apparently even Apparently sure. it's a movie. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So she's really good in this movie. It's really cool to uh, see her like kind of come into her own building her like she we see her like a bootleg suit that she had early on and she gets like the awesome suit by the end of the movie sure um but yeah the atlanteans i'll just say atlanteans the the atlanteans (laughs) come off as being pretty cool in this movie um i even like the way that they kind of retweaked where namor's name comes from i think it all works pretty well yeah um you can see where namor comes from he's unabashedly the villain of this movie but once oh, again sure. they presented but us again, with a villain where you get it yes no you understand where his direction is coming from there's the the you can have that moral argument there or at least maybe not an argument but definitely a debate you know yeah. that moral debate but what about the end when the big reveal that there is a a black panther jr running around i i, I don't even know why they would bring that in um that doesn't make any sense to me as part of the overall MCU. And I'm not sure if it, cause I did, again, I haven't seen it, but I'm not sure. Did, did that even add to like it was the, the post credit? Yeah. I mean, that, that's usually something that is wildly add anything to the plot. No, yeah. I would say not. I think that's but, weird, man. But the whole, it's impossible to separate this movie from the circumstances around its creation. Sure. You know, they were expecting to make an entirely different movie. But when Chadwick Boseman died, they. I'm still not sure if it would have been the better move to recast the character, and I'll never know for sure. Yeah, me neither. That's the hard question. And it's an argument that we should stop having. Okay. We should. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. We don't, we can't see alternate timelines. But that's. And I prefer the new argument where there's going to be another universe where a, a different character. You know, different actors Maybe. playing the characters, you know. But going down the path they did, I think they did a great job. I do think yeah. that they did refocus the movie on loss, but I do think that that post-credit scene is mm. meant to be hopeful part of that message, bright. right? That hopeful and bright. yes, there is loss, but it's not. It's not the end of the world. That life yeah. does go on. That there is still good down the pipes. Yeah. And so as part of that, I think it was a good post-credit scene to include, you know, yeah. uh, it, was biggest, it really was my biggest takeaway from this. And the only reason now, cause that I, I would even think about going to the theaters and seeing it because this is all I've heard is how fucking badass Angela Bassett is in this. As Oh, movie. she is a boss in this movie. They're saying uh, like Oscar, I can see it, yeah. For this movie. Imagine that, Angela Bassett winning her first... She's never won an Oscar. This bitch has been in so many amazing fucking things. How does she not have That's that That's so trophy? weird to me that she hasn't. It's yeah. so weird. No, it ain't weird. I, we know why she ain't got it. We'll, we'll let the bullies talk about that. <laughs> Leroy, she Eli, definitely get some consideration for this role because she gets to display a lot of emotion. She gets to be angry she gets to be wounded she also gets to be powerful she gets to be the wise counselor and that's another cool thing um going back to shuri's story here so she 
when right after it happened and she becomes the Black Panther, she was in a place where all she wanted most was revenge, you know? Right. And right. so she goes to see Killmonger. But in the moment of ultimate decision, she sees her mother instead from the. Oh, and I know that scene because that yeah. scene calls back to the fight scene where him and Umbaku in the first uh, Black Panther. Yeah, show yeah. him who she you calls are. Out, show it's, him who you are. And it's, it's truly like almost upside down or right side up. Yeah. And it was upside down because, oh, man, because the direction of that is just so perfect. Again, it was I've really read, powerful. It was beautiful. This, you know? And it was it was a great like she came to her when she needed her most, right. you know, to pull her back from the darkness. Right. And it All works right. really, really well. All right. So final bit on this. Where do you see these characters moving forward? Because, yes, I think they have a Black Panther problem now. All right. I sure he is now the new, you know, defender of Wakanda, the new Black Panther. She yeah, but she is not the shit. queen, so it's an interesting little kind of a uh, gray area that she's Well, T'Challa wasn't wasn't king when he, was. he started he was out either. Well, yeah, that's you know? true. When he started, yeah. By yeah, the time we got to him, he was king. But um, well, not in Civil yeah. War when he debuted. In not Civil in Civil War. War. You're right. You're right. But I'm just saying they could definitely go in that direction. What do you see for them? You know, like moving forward, especially Namor. You know, because I Namor. mean, they could always throw Shuri in something now. They th- were throwing the uh, Dora Milaje in the fucking Captain America show. So, well, and I will say, badass. yeah, I will say, first of all, that I fully expect all these characters to show up in the next Avengers project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just seems like a given. But Wakanda, you're right, has kind of become a big part in a lot of MCU projects. They showed up in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, Infinity War. They should, they're like a big part of Infinity War. Of Wakanda, you know? Like, you know, when they're trying to think, what's the safest place we could possibly go? You know, let's go to Wakanda, you know? Yeah, it turned out to be probably the safest place they could go, considering they had, like, eight people fighting, and then <laughs> half the Wakandan army. I don't know where the airplanes were during that fight. Whatever. Um, but, yeah, anyway, uh, M'Baku, we gotta see more M'Baku, okay? M'Baku's a lot of fun. He's charismatic. He gets to be a really big part of this movie, too, because yeah. he gets to be the the voice of reason in a lot of situations. Yeah. I've seen people point out in the first movie that they did a good job subverting the angry black man trope with him. Oh, and for sure. They for do an sure. even better job of that here, I think. Yeah, dude. Even, even the fact that when he first shows up, he is literally an angry black man. But Kugler is so good at making the words work for his characters. You know what I mean? And the way he presents that speech, you know, just dogging. He's not wrong. Everything he says is right. He disagrees politically with the direction. And you can understand that. And it was so well done. And he does the same sort of thing in this, at least from what I've read. Again, I've not seen it. But I might as well. I probably watched it more than Taylor, technically, with all (laughs) the shit I've read on it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I guess I only spent like the three hours with it that I did. Yeah, you only spent three hours with it. I've read a, a few articles on it. Anyway, uh, we'll review that again once I see it in 46 days. But yeah, uh, it's wholeheartedly recommended. Um, it's better than Mouth or now. Multiverse of Madness? I would say so. It's definitely the, def- okay. the best movie they put out this year. But is it better yeah. than Moon Knight? That's the one I keep going back and forth. Um, ooh, I don't know. Was WandaVision not this year? That was WandaVision year. was last year. That was the first uh, okay, good. Marvel Plus show that they did. Good. Um, yeah, you might be right. WandaVision was... Werewolf by Night was fucking dope, too, man. It was that was special. really rad. It was but... different. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Anyway, let's do news. Bad news. <laughs> Thank you.
Uh, first, we're going to mention Carlos Pacheco. Uh, he died at ALS earlier this week. Um, he's known for his work on Superman, Green Lantern, Captain America, X-Men, uh, and so much more. Uh, his birthday would have been, I think, this week. Uh, mm. He was born in 61. Uh, he had an exclusive contract with Marvel. In September, he revealed that he was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. And, uh, yeah, he passed away. Uh, this is probably one of his most recognizable covers. He also did a lot of shit on, like, so many cool Avengers stuff and all kinds of good stuff. And He will be missed, man. He really will be missed. He had a lot of years of work. I mean, yeah, he was six or, yeah, he was, you know, pretty old, you know, relatively speaking. But. Man, he had a lot of fucking years left in him, and he is yeah. definitely missed. I, I mean, dying in your 60s is definitely uh, before yeah. your time these days. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, I mean, I, I didn't even know how to even t- start to talk about this, man. Uh, yeah. Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, passed the 66 of a uh, short battle with cancer. Um, I'm not sh- even sure what I can say except – this is the I've been reading comics since before I can remember way before the 1990s animated series came out. You know, I was a teenager. It was definitely me yeah. for me. But his voice is the voice I hear when I read a lot of Batman this week. Batman showed up a few times in books I read yeah. this week. Well, you are far from alone because his yeah. is the definitive voice of Batman for so many people. Yeah. Batman the animated series really defined the character for so so many people and he was such a big part of that he is he was perfect as the voice of batman Mm. i just don't mark hamill who literally is the voice of the joker that i hear whenever i hear the joker too uh he played he voiced joker opposite conroy uh he said kevin was perfection he was one of my favorite people on the planet i loved him like a brother he truly cared for the people around him just, you know, boilerplate sort of stuff, but it's Mark Hamill saying it, so yeah. it means more. Um, you can yeah, always tell Mark Hamill to tell it like it is. And so when he tells you that this yeah. guy was a great person, you can be damn sure that he was. So, yeah, you and I know Kevin, the voice of Batman, and that's such a big part of the character for us. But to see all these people come out and talk about him as a person, the yeah. side of him that we don't know as much, right. it, it really does tug at the heartstrings. Because you, can, you can really tell that he was yeah, such a... Yeah. Uh, like, what's her name? Yeah. Uh, Tara Strong. Tara Strong, yeah. Oh, she came out and just had this beautiful eulogy for the man. Uh, it had me tearing up, dude. I mean, and he reached out to people too, right? Like, because Kevin Conroy got to be known in the industry, he got to to be in these shows, and he would tell producers and directors and casting directors, "This is who you should hire." You know what I mean? I work with them. They're going to show up. They're going to nail their lines in three takes, and you're going to love the first one, and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, And I mean, what can we say about, let's just talk about why he is and may forever be, because this shit just doesn't, this shit doesn't die with him. This shit becomes even more popular now. You know what I mean? That's just how it works. So uh, Batman, I mean, the landmark, probably the show that defined an entire generation of animation. You know, yeah, arguably one of the best animated shows of all time. It's my top three, not just in like the geek sphere, but you know, anywhere. Yeah, Andy chimed in. Thanks for stopping by as always, Andy. Andy. We appreciate it. Yeah, Tara Words were a tearjerker talking about Tara Strong on Twitter uh, for the eulogy. Oh, it was touching, but 
Uh, yeah, the animated series from 92 to 96. These are records for being the voice of Batman, right? Never be broken again. Um, 60 different productions, including 15 films highlighted by, and they, you know they got to bring this up, Mask of the Phantasm. Arguably the best Batman movie. Uh, it, I don't think it's, well, I mean, it might be arguable. You're right. but I would say it is, and I think you would too, right? It's amazing, though, dude. It's top three. It's top three for me. For sure. Uh, 15 different animated series spanning 400 episodes and more than 100 hours of television. And then, and no one ever thinks about this because I don't know why this uh, medium gets shit on in terms of this sort of thing. But like two dozen video games. Everybody shits on video games in terms of voice acting and stuff like that, dude. But I mean, it's an it's a true art form when it comes to this sort of thing. And if you're going to appreciate the guy for his craft, man. Um, but uh, he was also the live action Bruce Wayne in the Arrowverse, Christ on Infinite Earth, which which was rad. It was a great callback. That yeah. Show, all that CW shit is fan service. You know, that's what they lean into. So good for them. But I mean, let's talk about recently. Right. This dude in the last maybe five, ten years was so big on the convention scene. You know what I mean? He was putting himself out there, meeting these fans and reaching out, not because he didn't have anything else he could do. He was working. You don't do all this voice work and then not get another gig, but because he wanted to meet the fans. He wanted to give back to people who understood just how and appreciated just how important, you know, he was to Batman fans. Yeah. There are so many Batman fans, man. Batman isn't just the biggest superhero on the planet for a reason. There's no reason. There is a reason. And I think Kevin Conroy is the person, okay, who outside of someone who wrote or drew comics is the most important figure in Batman for garnering his popularity. I think you can make a very strong argument for that. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, and then outside of that, you know, just the Batman thing, he might be one of the most influential voice actors in history. You know, he's up there with Peter Cullen with shit like that. You know what I mean? The voice of Optimus Prime. He's Yeah, or Mel Blanc who did all the Looney Tunes. I mean, I mean, you're going way back, but I mean, you're not wrong. That's in the 60s, even back to the 40s, right? Yeah. But I mean, modern day 90s Kevin Conroy yeah, Peter Cullen, all those guys in the 80s, but they had no fucking clue what they were doing. By the time Kevin Conroy got there in the 90s, animation had hit peak. We had the TMNT, we had the Batman, which led to the Superman, which led to the Batman Beyond, which led to the Unlimited. He worked in all of those, by the way. But, yeah, dude, so... Yeah, I mean, a lot of the actors on Batman the Animated Series in particular, you know, Mark Hamill, uh, Tara Strong, and especially... Uh, Kevin Conroy, you know, they really made like voice acting more of like an art form, more of like a respected profession. You exactly, know? dude. And I'm not saying that Peter Cullen and, and Frank Welker, oh, no, nothing to take away from the them. 80s. Yeah. yeah, nothing taken around for them. But in the 80s, these things were treated more like projects and marketing. You know what I mean? Like these kids will eat whatever the fuck we get them. Yeah. By the 90s, when especially Batman the Animated Series, dude, it took care of its audience. 
in yeah. a way that's why it's such a special show really it took care of its audience in a way that other animated series outside of teenage mutant ninja turtles i always go back to that because that show did take care of its audience it yeah. really did do a good job but I knew it was up. yeah batman the animated series as i mean dude i knew 30 year old people watch and x-men x-men the animated series did oh really yeah good i mean too. i could get just as much joy watching it now in my 30s and i did when i was like you know a little kid when it was first coming out. Maybe even more. Maybe because even more. Because I can appreciate this. just how good it really is. And not know? just that, because we've been exposed to so many more Batman stories and be like, wow, look at the way this show, for the very first time, moved into a Clayface story. The yeah. Way it did. And it did. You know, it was the very first time they moved into yeah. a Clayface story. I mean, story this is like not that. to knock Favorite anyone, stories. but... No Batman show has ever matched Batman the Animated no. Series, and especially no voice of Batman has ever no. matched. No, and I don't think it ever will. There might it's be an anim- there might know. be an animated movie that does something because there are so many good Batman stories that they could turn into a movie, but no, a series pound for pound. No, you're not going to be able to do it. You might get a flash in the pan, you know, with a movie or something like that. But uh, yeah, man. So what else can we say? I could talk. I could keep going. We could go episode by episode. You know, talking about how hard this dude worked to make a character I mean, that everybody yeah, I mean, knew a love. Two characters. Again. He really, we kind of take it for granted now, but True. he was one of the first ones to real, like Adam West, Bruce Wayne and Batman sounded exactly the fucking same. Yeah. But like Kevin Conroy had a very distinct voice for Bruce Wayne and for Batman. And they both worked so well. Yeah. Yeah, Andy, the Batman, the OG animated series, best of all time. Now, when you say OG, we ain't going back to like Super Friends. Batman, the animated series. Yeah, well, Super Friends, that made this make for an interesting comparison, right? Because like, look at old right. shows like the Super Friends or like GI Joe or something, and like everyone's talking like this, you know? Yep. Yep. Like, Everybody's here. They got. They sound like heroes. A lot of times, Batman. He still sounded heroic, but it was because he was a hero. It's like Conroy didn't give you yeah. so much. Again, that's what we're talking about when he respected the fans. He respected the people who knew what was going on. Yeah. And he yeah, made like, it believable. He made these, it believable. Yeah. These last few days, we've been seeing a lot of like his greatest hits from across the different shows he did as Batman. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have I Am Vengeance, I Am the Knight, I Am Batman. Mm. You also have um, his most empathetic moment, his most heartful felt moment with ace in justice League. oh my gosh dude like, for heartbreaking stuff the compassion in his voice you yeah. know he yeah, had he... so much range to a character that often is just kind of given like one note to work with you know yeah he uh he, he used to do like podcasts and stuff where he would do those voices but do like the lines from like from the bail the christian bail at the end of dark night when he's like they'll hunt me You'll hunt me too. He did that, and you just close your eyes and listen. Like, oh my gosh, fuck Bale's Batman voice. You know they should have just like come do all the voiceover for that. It's not to knock any actors or voice actors who have played Batman since then, but you just you can't do better than Kevin Conroy. Yeah, if that is one bad thing we could say about the guy, he's ruined every other Batman yeah. forever. Way no one go. else lives up. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, we only have like, oh wait, hold on, we got a comment, Andy. Uh, thanks for calling out that ace moment. Oh yeah, for sure, Andy, that ace moment. Anytime there's a dog involved in anything, especially animation, for Not some reason. Not that, Homer, the one where he ace the from like the Royal Flush Gang. Oh, oh, okay. Where it's well, the child. That one, there is that ace the Bat Hound one as well. There was an episode I think about that in the original. Yeah, series. that one was a little bit. That's that. Whenever there's a dog involved, it gets you. It gets you. 
Also, when a dying child, yes, it also gets Oh, you. sure. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't hurt me as much. You know, Whatever. I mean, Man, if I you am. had seen this episode, it would no, be... No, I've seen them all. Multiple all right, all right. Times. Not no, a, This great. wasn't an animated series. This was Justice League Unlimited. Oh, well, you know, I haven't watched as much Justice League Unlimited. That's really good. I recommend it. But, yeah, oh, yeah, Kevin Conroy great. was great it's in great. that, too. It's great. Uh, all right, the only comic news we have this week again there were so many comics the comics themselves are actually the news uh timeless number one is coming out they did this once before they're doing it again on december 28th kang witnesses a shocking look at the marvel universe to come in timeless number one now basically what this is this is marvel comics primer for the entire year of 2023 they're going to put a and maybe even beyond usually beyond you know it's only 12 little stories usually two runs anyway and we should also point out it's them hyping up kang Oh, for sure. Well, Kang, yeah. they always... Hey, it's a good way to do it. I, you're not wrong. Okay, Kang is on the way. But do Kang, they always be hyping up Kang. Kang always for be sure. showing I mean, up all the he's time. He's going to be the new big bad in the movies for yeah. good reason, you know? Yeah, and Doom. And then Doom's going to show up. But anyway, so here we go. It's a year-ending one-shot. It's going to set up all of 2023. Uh, Jed McKay, Salvador, pardon me, Salvador LaRocca, Greg Land, and, and Patch, Patch Zercher. Okay. Uh, the last battle of Kang the Conqueror, tyrant of the timeline, master of the endless legions, warrior and conqueror. Shit, did Kang write this himself? Jesus. <laughs> Without compare, Kang is in search of the one thing he cannot have, but he is not only one after him. The missing moment, and Kang soon finds himself in a new position on the run across the events of the Marvel Universe's future. So he's searching for something called the missing moment. And these are the Time Lords, I guess he's talking to here. I think it's the Time Lords. Is that Doc? That's Doctor Who, isn't it? The Time Lords Doctor are the characters from Doctor Who, yeah. So Marvel owns Doctor Who now because it's on Disney Plus. They can use Time Lords. Oh. Anyway. Oh, is that for real? I thought it was just a I don't know. Maybe that's happening. It could so be. Here's I guess. Mirrodin. All right. Is that why you haven't understood the main aspect of the missing moment? Of the tribulation events. What is that? What is this? This is very enticing. This is very exciting. Who's the Twilight Court? All right. Kang getting a team book. All right. Kang going to get his own team book. Now, I want you to see we've got a bunch of people on this page right here. Okay. But then, especially this dude in the background with the white hood. Who is that dude? That that dude looks awesome. Kind of looks like Taskmaster, but I'm pretty sure it's not. Oh, is that Taskmaster? I doubt it. Oh, that is a future Taskmaster. You, I mean, you called it. Dude with white hood, I mean, I guess <laughs> yeah. is all I'm going on here. But Yeah. Uh, but who the fuck's hand is that pointing out aside? I don't Whose it's hand is hangs because it's like Whose hand black is, and silver. But... Oh, I got a hand. Oh, here's my hand. It's silly, dude. Anyway, uh, that's exciting. And then this one. How will the missing moment shape the future of the Marvel Universe? Uh, we do get a lot of shit going on here, okay? Uh, we're starting at the bottom left. Uh, Luke Cage as the mayor. I'm glad they're keeping that after Dark Reign. I think there's a lot of potential there. I yeah. really hope they lean into that hard. I mean, especially because Luke does not have his own uh, book right now, I don't think. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, they'd be fools not to have fun with that status quo. Like they're doing in Daredevil, like they're doing in Thunderbolts, you know, all these different books. Yeah. I'm not. Sh I'm sure Spider-Man will eventually show up at his office if he hasn't already. I'm not reading that Spider-Man book anymore. But... 
Oh yeah, either some that's going to be cool. I think that would be a whole lot of fun for them to get into that political intrigue. And also, and I know you haven't read the Daredevil series by um, uh, Zdarsky and Chichetto. Not did the, read Dark Rain. Not the ones before Dark Rain. Yeah, yeah. but uh, they did introduce that brother and sister or husband and wife or whatever, like these capitalist assholes. So yeah. I hope they come back and are a big deal. Uh, this Spider-Man thing, I don't know what the fuck this is. They always doing shit with Spider-Man. Is that a Spider-Man that I just Spider-Man's don't recognize? Spider-Man's got to be somewhere. Um, I don't know. I assume it's Peter, but I guess yeah, that, I isn't that, that is not the outfit he's currently Peter. wearing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know what this one is at the top. It looks hairy. You know, like beastie. I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to be. At it's noon, not at the away. noon position. I don't know what. Yeah, that they is got like a like. It looks like a hand there, but like, yeah, it looks like teeth behind it. I don't and know. It's like techno in a little bit of way. I don't, I don't know. fucking know. Yeah, but this one over here, Bishop, doing his thing. I don't know who this mutant is behind him. I recognized um, her. I can't tell you her name though. She's one of yeah, the. Yeah, I don't. She's one of the Hellions, I think. Not like the new Hellions, but like the yeah, Hellions. From the she battle. got electric powers. Yeah. Is that white hair and electric yes. power? Her name might be like Surge or something. Yeah. I don't remember I, that. He's more of an electro, but I guess yeah. scientifically oh, that's speaking, cool. it should be the same thing, but whatever. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, you're technically... Well, I don't know. Newton, I think, would debate you on that. But uh, anyway, I love the idea of these sorts of books. Do they ever pan out 100%? No, because what are they? Basically commercials for all the books that are coming out later. But hey, it's fucking... Kang doing, you know, it's as good a way to do shit. it as any other type of book. Yeah, do you know? Yeah, so I'm definitely jumping on that. I'm all over that book. We will talk about it when it comes out again. That is all of our comic book news. Let's do food. Mmm, yummy. It's a couple of good ones. Oh, that's you good. Know, I was braced for something about, gross. Yeah, nothing gross. Uh, it's food time. You know, this is when people are eating food. But there are new Black Panther and Avengers fruit roll-ups and uh, fruit snacks. Uh, inspired by, obviously, Wakanda Forever. We talked about that earlier. Really, yeah, I mean, to do this because... That's harmless you know, corporate synergy. You know? Yeah. Comes with some tongue tattoos. The newest innovation of fruit roll-ups. You put the fruit roll-up on your tongue and you take it off. And there's a tattoo on your tongue. Oh, that's a fun gimmick. Roll up. Yeah, very fun. Uh, the suggested price for these is $3.89 for a 10 count. Uh, pardon me, the fruit roll ups are $8. The Marvel Avengers are $4 for a 10 count, $7 for a 22 count. If you're buying the 22 count, you better have five kids. That mm. fucks. Donuts. Hell yeah. cream. And this, is one, this one could be considered gross. All right, these, what are those flavors? These are pie flavor inspired donuts. Does that just mean they're donuts with like a fruit filling? Because that's not too bad. We got mini pecan pie, mini pumpkin pie, which sounds fucking amazing. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. This is a great one. Snickerdoodle cookie pieces are on the pumpkin pie. What? Uh, lemon cream donut pie, lemon cream pie donut, which just sounds like a donut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dutch apple pie. So yeah, sweetening Friendsgiving gatherings by offering a dollar original glazed dozen on November 18th and 19th. Because you heard of Friendsgiving, it's like you go hang out with your pals. Yeah, and smoke a lot of weed and drink, and then eat whatever you got. Usually, just junk food because you don't want to eat like a big meal because you're about to go do that with your family. Yeah. So these are start. These are available now, y'all. Get y'all's asses to. Get you off fat asses. Yeah. I mean, that looks <laughs> that looks pretty good, honestly. You know, it's hey, like dude, those donuts? Are you kidding me? 
I could do. I could talk more about these than I did Kevin Conroy. I feel like pie stuff translates pretty easily over to donut stuff. You yeah, know, for sure, for sure. Uh, all right, let's do comics because she's. I don't know how we're even going. To do it. Let me just go ahead and mention a few books. All right, my honest to goodness honorable mention this week was Mark Russell and Robert Melly's Traveling to Mars number one. Okay. Uh, basically, it's a book about in the future, everybody broke as hell. Okay. Nobody got no money. There's an energy crisis and they find a bunch of natural gas, obviously, on Mars. So they're like, oh shit, what do we do? Well, then there's kind of like a race to send somebody to Mars and claim it. So they find this pet shop owner, or pet, not even the owner, he's an employee, a pet shop employee from Alabama, just this good old boy who's got three months to live, but the low gravity of traveling to Mars will keep him alive long enough to get to Mars and then claim it, legally claim it for a corporation. And it's so that's how they're working in the uh, late stage capitalism into this. Mark Russell yes. does like that. <laughs> yeah, that's his bread and butter. That's his bread and butter. All right, so it's a very good book, but it's deep, Mark Russell. And if you ain't into what Mark Russell doing, you're going to hate this book. But it yeah, is I mean, deep, Mark Russell. Especially like an indie book of his, you know. You Yeah, like, it's way indie. It's on a blaze. It is way indie. It's way small press. Uh, Skull Kickers was good. Uh, if I say something and it's on your list, good. If not, if I say something and you've read it, then mention it. Okay. Uh, Batman Inc. was good. Batman versus Robin was good. Dark Crisis, did it make your list? Dark Crisis. I did read that. I don't. I wouldn't put it on my top three, or probably not even honorable mention. But I enjoyed it well enough. Man, this book was fucking dope. Shit actually happened. You're not happy. Shit, it, it actually got happened. In I did half. enjoy Boy, that. what? What? <laughs> Everybody comes back kind of inexplicably. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay, so that's <laughs> that's one of my big uh, beefs with this book is like, yeah. they keep mentioning like, uh, oh, hey, by the way, Pariah is not actually um, talking to the Great Darkness. He's just insane. Like, well, that would have been a nice thing to fucking establish in the main book. You put it in a fucking tie-in? Yeah, they put in it a tie-in tie -in that I heard book. was not particularly good. It wasn't that good. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, uh, I still had a good time. The other, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. The artwork is great. I do love all like the battle scenes and everything. It's not necessarily like sequence very well. Like some characters will like teleport to a new place. I feel like you needed to kind of like frame yeah. that a bit better. But I, the main thing that I think keeps this pretty down for me is that it's big moment with the reunion of the Superman was done so much better in Tom Taylor's uh, Superman. Oh, yeah, so, we're going to talk about that for sure. That is in oh, the top three. So, oh, yeah. I'm sure, I guarantee you that's in your top three. I knew it was. As soon as I, I was about crying during the It was really break. good. and it, If I hadn't retired it, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah I mean, we'll it did the that. same thing. It, it took the same moment, at least, in this book, and it did it better. So that yeah. kind of takes a lot of the air out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, New Golden Age is that on your list this week? That is. That's um. Okay, good. That's actually ended up being my number one, actually. Oh wow! All right, we'll talk about that shit. Uh, and then I had a hard time sorting through. Dude, it was a big ass week, dude. That Skull Kickers book was good. Batman versus Robin was fucking awesome. The Battle of the Robins. I don't think that made your list either, but 
Nah. I mean, dude, there was a Batman fought all the all his ex Robins in this, and it was fucking awesome the way he beat him. Plus, man, where was my other Batman versus Robin image? He got over on uh, the Alfred. It ended up being a fake Alfred, dude. Right? Yeah. And he knew it. Batman knew it. They like flash back to the previous issues. You read this? Did you read it? No, but I was pretty oh. sure it was fake Alfred. Oh, it was fake, fake Alfred. But yeah. this dude, this demon or whatever, who's friends with Soul Sister, he had to take a splinter of Alfred's true soul in order to bring him back. Oh. So Bruce and Alfred still get their moment at the end, dude. Well, and it was great because they didn't get it. Because Bane just murdered him. They didn't even get a moment. Remember, Damien was the one who had the moment. It was like the most traumatic moment ever. Yeah, it was a really heartbreaking yeah. death in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Son of Kal-El. So, yeah, now it gets to my number three. If this isn't on your top three, I don't know what's wrong with you. Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, number six. Colin Kelly, Jackson Lanes, and Carmen Carnero. The only thing that could be wrong with you is if it's such a big week. Because this had literally one of the best knock-out, drag-down, or knock-down, drag-out, whichever way you want to go. Yeah. Fights that you will ever see in a fucking comic book it was fucking epic man and that's really what i'm basing my top three on this week the books i had the most fun reading and it was a combination of great writing amazing art but also good design you know and all of the books that are on my top three this week had that good design but the fourth one it has to be that it factor you know what I mean? Understanding yeah. who these characters are at their heart. And that's what my top three were this week. Again, just because it was such a huge week of books. But this whole series right here, even the parts where they're talking. Look at this. Are you fucking kidding me? Even the parts where they're talking. This guy, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lanzig, they just get the Bucky and Steve relationship. So they just inherently understand Yes. These characters and this book, this issue, this might be one of the best of the year. It was so fucking good, dude. This it was, was my number two this week. Uh, it was so damn amazing. Yeah. Whenever you have these superhero fights, they can often come off as like really contrived. Like the reason yeah. they're fighting is like really stupid or it's something they should have been able to avoid. Like, okay, not to kind of pick on the less awesome of the Captain America books. Captain America and Sam Captain America and Black Panther's fight. That felt really shoehorned in. It did. It did. I understood why they were fighting, but it it really seemed like something they should have been able to resolve without having to fight. This, however, though, I get it. I understand why Bucky feels he has to do this. I understand why Steve wants to stop him. It did not feel forced. It felt natural to the characters. It felt like you can see as they're fighting before they're fighting and after they're fighting, how this is breaking their hearts to do this. Uh, They wrote it really, really well. Yes. 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 Yeah. It was so good. I mean, this, this page right here. Yeah. And then wham, you got your big two page, just epic, you know, movie style blockbuster. But then, they just carry it through. And I'm, I left pages out of this. Yeah. I mean, it's 
most of this issue Lucky is grabbing just, a like, fucking missile and throwing it at yes. it, man. What? This That's like, epic comic book shit. It's epic. The sequential paneling on this is up there with your Elena Casagrandes. It yep. is brilliantly done. Yeah, Carmen um, Carnero murdered on this. This is Eisner-level yeah. fucking comic book art in this issue, dude. It is epic-level comic book art in this issue. It's so good. Yes, Captain America, uh, Sentinel of Liberty. Yeah. Number six. It's chef's kiss. It's but I got two more to talk and about. Awesome Why? equal order, and that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. This book would have been number one any other fucking week it came out. Yeah. Easily. Easily. Uh, all right, Taylor. Any other honorable mentions that I didn't okay. mention? Um, well, I will throw out an honorable mention for um, Fantastic Four number one. Oh, um, that's this, on my list. This probably would have made my top three. The only thing that kept it off, honestly, was I don't think he got Alicia Masters' voice down too well. Mm, she doesn't okay. seem like the type okay. of person who would call her husband babe. She just doesn't. Mm. That being said, wow, I Wow, still... that's a pet peeve. That is a it nitpick. Is, it is, it is, it is. It is a nitpick. It was, like I said, I really... This could have been like three, two, or even one most weeks, but it's just that kind of week. Yeah. But now this is my number two, so I will lean into this a little bit. We could talk. Let's talk about it. All now right, because, all right. Because your number three, or my number three, is your number two. So, Ryan North, Ivan Coella, uh, cool story, amazing art. That last page tease is definitely going to bring me back, no matter what happened in the rest of the book. Yeah. But it was exactly what I expected this from this writer and the announced direction. Adorable. I loved it. It was adorable, dude. Yeah, Andy, F F4 number three. Excellent call out, Andy. Thank you. Uh, but um in the context of capturing Alicia's voice, I'm not sure that any any writer has been able to capture that voice in an effective way in terms of her being such a front and center character yeah in this book or in this franchise really she you gets know, to be more of a leading character here knows. that is maybe that is unfair of me because yeah she is almost always on the bench for she's like the vast majority of the stories and yeah, yeah she is a leading character in this book in a big way um yeah, she's front and center that i love their kid i love that i love the way they work as a team really right yes. you know? like they're I thought, a perfect pairing too man yeah you yeah, get a it's lot like of, sweet. It's like sugar and spice, and then sweet and sour almost. Yeah. You know, you get your full palate. It's very well done. But I but love the way that they resolve the situation. I love the, the kind of the goofy paneling they do sometimes, especially oh, like they kind of cut off like the top and bottom panels. It really, like, it it, it yeah. really reinforced the idea that they were living through a Groundhog Day, and that's what this story is yeah. about. All right, uh, Ben and Felicia go or Alicia go to a city and it's in the middle of nowhere but they end up getting stuck in a time loop it's basically the kelsey grammar episode of star trek the next generation okay they live the same and groundhog day they live the, and a hundred other things you know russian doll there's so many things that have used this trope but using it in a book that is inherently sci-fi it, it was a great idea but they end up getting out of it and I don't. I don't know, man. It, it was the it, for this. It was the journey and not the destination. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man, okay. So when we found out that this was going to like be doing slice of life things with the different members of the team for right. probably the first two issues, or at the very least, this first issue, I was right. delighted to hear it. I knew that Ryan North would do a good job with it, and I knew that that's the type of Fantastic Four story that can work really well. Sometimes, not everything has to be like you know a galactic apocalypse. 
this right. team also works really well when they're just, you know, doing yeah. the more family-oriented things, and they really knocked that out of the park here. You know what? This is not an honorable mention from me. This is my number four, you know? <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. I had to step it's away okay. and let my cat out. I was just letting you know that I'm breaking the rules this week, and this is my number four instead of it being Yeah, dude, exactly. And it's, it's a really odd week, man. Yeah. But... Uh, I'm really interested. The to margins see where... were slim. I just had to come up with some reason to justify it not being in my top three, and that was the best I could think of. And it was a stupid reason. You're right. It is a stupid reason because you're a way bigger FF fan than I am. Yeah. Um, my favorite FF run is John Hickman's run, and the only reason it is is because it's Hickman who's writing it. This was fucking fantastic. I had such a great time with this, and that I've been Coella art and the design choices they made. Uh, yeah, it just. It was perfect. Again, Chef's Kiss, that's my number two, but that was just your honorable mention. So. Um, well, a um, few more honorable mentions, I guess, actually. Um, yeah, definitely. Really quick. Um, also, I'll throw out an honorable mention for um, for Wolverine number 27. Oh. Um, this was kind of like a – is this on yours? This, this is my number one book of the week. I can see why. This is what earlier when I was saying I wasn't sure whether this is going to be an honorable mention or my number one. This is the book yeah. I was talking about. Well, we can talk about this now, and then it could just okay. be the Taylor show the rest <laughs> of the fucking hour. Well, not because... much. We already talked about a lot of it. But, <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, ben Percy and Juan Jose Rip. Okay, this is a master class in storytelling. All right. Beast breaks bad. All the He's way. It's such a bastard in this book. He breaks back. The thing that all really stuck to me, yes. in the, yeah, the thing that really stuck with me in this awesome, one. Awesome, Andrew. Andrew, thanks for stopping by. We really appreciate it. He said that was his number one. Yeah, and yeah. We're gonna dive deep why. into this, man. This we're was such a hard this. week to put these in. Any it kind was, of dude. It was almost. I loved like, so damn, many comics? of these books. Yeah, yeah. But okay, so Beast. The premise of this issue is that Beast is being a real bastard here, and he has turned yeah. Wolverine into basically a mindless killing machine. And that is no, the worst. He turned him possible back thing. into Yeah, it. exactly. He's this is the worst Krakoa possible style. thing that he could do to Wolverine. And he damn well knows it. This yeah. is Wolverine's worst nightmare. Going back yeah. to the mindless weapon he used to be. And Beast is doing it to him for no real fucking good reason. Wolverine was probably going to do all this awesome. shit anyway, you know? Yeah. And he calls out that this was his number one this week as well. Wolverine, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, but that's the thing. Beast is – all right, here's the panel, all right? And this is actually two different pages with a bunch of panels. This is him sending Wolverine out, telling him, hey, these are bad guys, and then Wolverine murdering them because he's mind-controlling him with some Krakoan, you know, organic technology. Yeah. Basic Weapon X shit, but the explanations that he gives here, he he's the CIA. He is taking out dangers to Krakoa. Before they become dangers, Wolverine was moving against that. Beast is actually yeah. Wolverine was giving some pushback in the last one. Oh yeah, dude, that last yeah. scene with the skull. Andrew in the in the chat calling out. He's holding the adamantium skull before you know. You know what else really hits hard? Oh man, it's like, it was great at the beginning of the comic, or at least like in the first um, like thing where we pick up with what happened last time. Uh, yeah. Beast Wolverine's like, okay, so let me out of here and we'll stab our way out. And um, he's like, no, no. Oh, I yeah. And then after he brainwashed, after he kills Wolverine, he pretty much does that anyway. Yeah. He let Wolverine die thinking, oh, there's no other way. When he ended up doing the thing Wolverine was suggesting to do it just so that he could mind control him. It was like Tarantino-esque, dude. 
I mean, it yeah. was that deep of the storytelling. It was such a character study of where, and it's not a whole character study. That's not the way comics work, but yeah. where these characters are right now. Man, eventually it's, somebody is going to get back to like fun, nice guy beasts, and it's going to be really hard for me to get back oh, in dude, after this. Yeah. Jonathan Hickman may have broken beasts forever. You're not wrong. He may have broken beasts forever, right? Um, Okay, so yes, all of this Wolverine shit is awesome shit. How about the little side shit we're getting with Sage and her alcoholism? Yeah, that's really how rough. she's breaking in this direction because of the toxic uh, uh, sort of place she's at working with X Force. She has she knows what Beast is doing. She's smart. She's probably one of the smartest, if not the smartest, motherfucker on the whole fucking island. She knows that shit is that Beast is doing is bad. But she also knows that it's in the best interest of Krakoa that he continue to do it. And she's smart enough to know that, too. So she's struggling against her own morals in a way, and she's drowning herself in alcohol to get away from it. I love that. I love the idea that Domino is sort of like seeing it but not really doing anything about yeah. it. Um, but the thing that makes this book the best is Juan Jose Rip. Yeah, dude, shit is gruesome. Shit is brutal. There's fire. There's murder. There's blood. There's fucking Wolverine, you know, eating a raw fucking boar that beast just threw his wild animal. But then there's this. There's this motion on the page with Beast taking out the auctioneer or whatever the hell his name was. Did you even realize they were in the basement of the Smithsonian Castle? I had, if I did know that, I had forgotten it. Yeah, I had too. I was like, oh shit, they're in the basement of the Sony Castle. That's fucking weird. That's wild. But there's also like this, this beauty of Beast going out and picking his tomatoes. Um, and yeah, this is beautifully drawn and it just shows this pristine moment with a, a gardener and his and his garden. But knowing what Beast is doing, makes this just so fucking this might be the you most can see a metaphor there too. page in the book yeah but you, you know? can see the metaphor there because he had talked about yes. how like, you know, like i had acquired it i didn't like tomatoes when i was younger but i've acquired a taste for them you know that kind of mirrors how like he used to be a good guy he used to yes. be the hero but he's his tastes have changed as he's gotten older you know and yeah. now he's the biggest rat bastard i can remember on us it was on a superhero team in a yeah, really dude. long while yeah, this makes me think that Jonathan Hickman said to to Ben Percy, because he's had this and the X Force and Wolverine. You know, ben Percy basically... is like one of the longest tenured X writers <laughs> oh, right now. Yeah, yeah, he's had X Force and Wolverine, which is basically they're like sister books. Yes, you know they're basically the same book. But I just imagine that Hickman told Ben Percy, Beast becomes Dark Beast because of Krakoa, and that's all you had to say to the dude. And now he has just taken this character who was, dude, remember when he was Abigail Brain? And I'm like, dude, I can't believe somebody made Beast a bottom. But now it's like, man, he, he off the hook. He's nuts, man. He's nuts. Did you mean heel? No, a bottom. I was talking about their relationship. Okay. Abigail Brand and Beast. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Second, wait, yeah. Okay, I was throwing off. Right? <laughs> anyway, that's my number one. I think that was just another honorable mention for you, no? Yeah. Have you even mentioned your number three book? My number three was Superman, Son of Kal-El, number oh, seven. Oh, my gosh, um, man. Again, it was really hard to, like, yeah, quantify, like, which ones are which and everything. 
But um, honestly, I'm tempted just to say like one A, one B, one C, one D, and one E this week, you know. But yeah, dude, it's because so I like too many of these man. for so many different reasons. Okay, so we were just talking about how fascinating it was to watch Beast be this piece of shit. But in this book, you have like the exact fucking yeah. opposite. You get a re- reminder of why Superman is the best. Oh, you know, dude, that's exactly what I have in my notes. This is this scene right here. Not just to see. All right. I'm going to get a little Alan Moore here, right? Where he always said that the problem with superhero comics is that they don't allow the audience to grow up with the books. Uh, we What we have is 40 year olds acting, you know, pretend, pretending like they're 10 year olds reading these comics from their youth. No, man. He was wrong. And this is an example because there is absolutely no way you understand. What Superman is saying here, unless you're a dad. And now there might be another level there where someone else might understand it, you know. But as a dad, it's like, wow, man, to accept your kids in that way. That's how you should fucking be. Yes. Tom Taylor. Superman is now a a super dad, man. Yeah. He has such a perfect understanding of the characters in these books. You know, he does a great Lois Lane. He does a Uh, great John. I mean, granted, I don't have a lot of other John. He does a workaholic. He does a workaholic Lois Lane, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But we haven't seen a lot of his opportunity to write Kal El. Mm -hmm. And this single issue did more to be like, yes, that is exactly why I fucking love Superman more so than any book I can remember in a damn long time. You know, this is the problem with an 80 year old character though. Yes. Yeah. But Hey, you know what? Taylor didn't give this guy a kid. This is one of those rare opportunities where you get to put Superman genuinely in a Superman, in a situation he has not been in before. How would Superman react to his kid feeling nervous about telling him something yeah yeah coming specifically out coming out which is yeah. you know the best that, possible that makes it even more thing. yeah that yeah. makes it even more important that's you know, so relevant that's specifically relevant to today in a way that they couldn't have been back in the golden age you know yeah, ne- yeah. not that that wasn't a thing in the golden age but it's something oh, they sure. never would have written a book about in the golden age yeah not a mainstream uh, andy chiming in superman son of Kal-El was his number two book yeah yeah just so many good things here uh, let me check my notes because I wrote some shit on this. Um, I can't even find it. Oh, there were also a couple of other good moments in this. Um, like when John gets attacked by, what is it, Red Sun? Red what Sin, is I think his Red name Sin, is. Red Sin, my bad. Yeah. Red Sin, his powers are gone and he's falling. And uh, Clark is all the way in Smallville and he hears his son cry out for him. And he makes it to Metropolis before he hits the fucking ground. Yes. Chef's kiss. And the way Taylor did it was just a glance and then a catch. You know, no. I respect my audience. They know what they're reading. They understand what's happening here. Yes. Uh, But then John's in the hospital. And uh, uh, Jay comes to visit him. And the guard is like, no, sir. I'm sorry. You can't come through here. And John's like, that's not going to work. And he walks right through him. Just these little moments. That Tom Taylor puts in that are almost like these little rewards, these little nuggets of reward for people who have been with this book. That's the way you write a comic, man. That's the way you write a fucking comic. It is. And I also, the the small moments have to be just as big 
as the big moments in their I also, own way. Speaking of going to the hospital and him catching everything, I love that scene where it's like, I'm getting you to a doctor and John's like, wait. And he's like, no, you know, <laughs> like there's nothing mm-hmm. in the world that will make him wait to take his son to get help, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I love the father son dynamic between them. I love the well, race. That's at the not beginning only, of this. It's not only the father son dynamic and it is, but it's, it's where their um, current responsibilities lie, you know? And exactly, when you're a father, your responsibility, your main goal is to make sure your children are safe. But it also shows John's responsibility. Like, no, you've got to go stop this bad guy. He's yeah. a hero. He has. He is the fucking Superman. You know what I mean? And It's a great example because, like, they're both awesome people. But, yes. like, it's interesting to see, like, yeah, where their priorities are in different places because yeah. of, like, you know. Superman will not wait for anything to go save his son. And John being selfless, like he is, doesn't want that. He wants Superman to go, you know, save the day. You know, yeah. I don't want to get in the way of you helping other people. Yeah. It's brilliant. I, the, so well done. All so these, well like, done. it's a great way to like, not necessarily have a quote unquote conflict, but have like divergent ways for them to both be great Superman. People. Yeah, for they them both to both be, be Superman. Superman. Perfect. That's the perfect way to put it. For, it for really them to is, both dude. be Superman. Yeah, it really is. Not just yeah, be like the same, you know? Yes. Yeah, man. So it's well brilliant. Done. And my Again, God, this, is this, another... would be, this would be like so far out and ahead in number one most weeks, but... Yeah, this is another know. book that could be issue of the fucking year this year, dude. It was so well what done. What a week. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, all right, that was just your number fucking three. That was my number three. My number fucking two was the Captain America book that we already. Oh, talked. that's right. That's right. What uh, was your number two again? My number two was FF. Fantastic Four. That's right. Yeah. Another one that easily would have been probably number one, let alone in my top three. You know, most weeks. Yeah, it, most average weeks. This was a way way above average week. Best week of comics of the year, dude. Easily. Hard to argue. Yeah, easily. I, I definitely yeah. would say so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what was your number two? It's Captain America. Number two was Captain America. So number one. We're number, one, your number one. So yeah, my number one was uh, the new Golden Age number one. Okay, so I'll say from off the bat, wow. The main reason book. that this was my number one is because every other book we've mentioned, except for FF, was an, a continuation of a series I already knew to be great. Okay. And okay. so this one like came out of you know, the woodwork to bring yeah. me characters I love, but haven't seen in a while and create a really interesting story. You know, I it am. It's in- not only interesting. Yeah. I had no idea it was going to go this way with the, uh, what's his name being sort of the, the hinge point of it all looking into the future. Dr. Fate. Yeah. That was such yeah, a incredible Dr. way to, that was a great way to frame it because like, it was, it gets it us was. like an excuse to like time jump. Um, we have like our classic Jeff Johns moment where he has like the, like sudden brutality that he likes to do. But yeah. Um, that being well, said, it, it, but it was integral to the story. It was, because Dr. It was. Fate is like, it always starts with me getting murdered. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then we have great panels like this. Yeah, I love Man, the image let me... with Dr. Fate. And, like, you don't even notice, like, the stranger there upside down at first. Yeah. Uh, let me just lift it, list this off because this was something that DC has really taken some pride in. Jeff Johns wrote the whole thing, but it was Diego Orlotegua on art, as well as J.P. Meyer, Scotty Hanna, Jerry Ordway, Steve Lieber, Todd Nauk, Scott Collins, Victor Bogdanovich, Brandon Peterson, and the great fucking Gary Frank. This book was all over the place. But that was the point of the book. Yeah. 
And John's just seems to be have a whole lot of fun diving into the DC history that not only he loves, but and we've got to give the guy some credit. He helped create. You know what I mean? Yeah. For better or worse, he's diving into shit that, dude, I've been here for like 20 fucking years. Jeff Johns is one of those writers who defined a generation yep. at one of the big two, you know? Yep. Kind of like sure Bendis. He, he, in a lot of ways, he is sort of Bendis's like equal and opposite in a lot of ways. You no, know? you're not wrong, dude. You're not wrong at all. He had a, a bit of a head start on Bendis in terms of uh, recreating DC Comics. But yeah, as far as the Avengers, as the main pivot point at Marvel Comics, that was all on Bendis, and that was his decade, decade of decadence. <laughs> and yeah, for a while there, the X-Men weren't shit because of the MCU. And I don't know if that was Jeff John's goal as well. I don't think it was, but for better or worse, yeah, dude, half of the DC universe right now, at least the, the really good parts, are because of him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he but, reinvented Green Lantern. He, in a lot oh, of ways, yeah. he reinvented the Flash back when um, him and Mark Wade both kind of deserve credit for reinventing oh, yeah, Hollywood. Yeah. Um, <coughs> oh, sorry. But I was an easy mark for this book because I love the Justice Society. I love these trips through the history of a... Con Even the back were like, here's some characters in this book that you definitely haven't oh, fucking heard of. But here were they I from. built, I built yes. this shit just for this fucking podcast. Oh, and this isn't even... I think there were like five more. Yeah, this is not the full thing, but... um. Oh my gosh, this was... I, and it's like, I gotta read all this? And I did. I was intrigued. I was like, oh my god, I can't get enough of this shit. Um, I, even, I'm a pretty big nerd, and some of these were like, are these actual characters from something in the past? Or are they making these up? No, they're all real, I think. Yeah, they all happened, dude. They yeah. happened in books that were... That happened like before DC Comics was even a thing. And they sort of just inherited them because of associate weird associations, you know? Yeah. But I don't understand what this means for the future of DC Comics. That was the only problem I had with this. Yeah, I can understand do, that. This was definitely do, one big setup for something yeah. that I'm definitely on board for now, I will say. Yeah, but, and bear with me, with that said, have we not been burned? By Jeff Johns mm. setting something up, Doomsday Clock comes to mind. And as cool as that was, it led fucking nowhere. Even though there were hints of it literally in this book, Rorschach, <laughs> for some reason, showed up in this book again, you know. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I've been burned a little bit with these sort of things going on at DC Comics. I wish I um, could confidently say that what comes next is going to be awesome, but this issue yeah. was awesome. Oh, 100% agree. This issue was awesome. But, for example, and I'm just talking out of recent memory, when I finished House of X and Powers of 10, I was like, oh shit, the X-Men are going to be fucking nuts for the foreseeable future. This... They did have sort of an ad where Huntress, you know, Batman and Catwoman's daughter from the in the future is going to have a pivotal moment. They yeah. leaned into the Legion. They leaned into not only the old school JSA, but also the JSA in the present, whatever that means anymore in the context of this book, are going to be meaningful. Can DC follow through? I hope so because I got, hope so. They got teed up as well yeah. as you could hope to be teed up for an event here. Yeah, a lot of times DC feels like you're getting your dessert before your main course. 
You know, sometimes. And I hope that's not the case here, but yeah. Even if it ruins my uh, my night sleeping after getting my meal out of order, I definitely enjoyed <laughs> the hell out of this dessert. Yeah, dude, it was fantastic. Uh, what would again? Yeah. This could have been. I don't know about book of the year because it's one of those setup sort of books. You know, sure, sure. Really I mean, it is that, held but... back by the fact that it is like a big setup for something else yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah, but uh, it was very well done. A lot of cool creators on it. I'm having a, I had a great time with it, and I'm hoping to have a great time with the books that stem out of this. There's that Star Girl book as well as the Huntress book, which I think is actually called JSA, but I think it's starring the Huntress. But I, I don't know. I want a new Legion book. Come on, DC. There's so many possibilities that y'all could throw our way that could come out of this single fucking issue. You gave Jeff Johns a big book. Let him finish it, you know, yes, let him, let him do it. some shit, man. So, uh, again, hopefully this book, is there any other books that you just want to, oh, yeah, I guess that's why we do. <laughs> we mentioned because, a lot. Um, oh Avengers, my gosh. Like Avengers and like uh, the, the, the edge of the spider verse, uh, book, they were all pretty uh, solid. I didn't like the spider. The Spider-Man book was just okay. Spider-verse I didn't read the like book. talking about shit that's going to happen later. So you yeah, know. they were just mostly preluding again. It was fun, but oh boy, did it get lost in the shuffle this week. Yeah. Oh, man. Everything got lost in the shuffle this week. Dude, we didn't even mention that damn uh, Judgment Day final issue. You know, it not a lot oh, happened. Yeah. But... Um, it was an epilogue. You know, it didn't really tell yeah. us anything we didn't already know. But it did, like, you know, firmly establish the status quo. I enjoyed it, but not enough time yeah. to talk about it when yeah. we had, like, you know, a fucking smorgasbord. Yeah, what the fuck is his name? Man, what the f- I'm I'm losing his name from the Eternals. Uh, Kieran Gillen? No, not the writer. The main guy. The the dude. The character. Oh, uh, uh, Icarus. 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 Is fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, that was a really that his, was his epilogue was definitely the best one. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. That would have made honorable mention again any other week just because of that Icarus shit. Him just going and changing a tire. Was just like wow, man! And, and then he had a in, Superman moment, you know. He's, he's living in the house with the uh, woman who is mourning the loss of her son, who he inadvertently killed because of the way Eternals resurrect. You know, that's deep moral shit, dude. Yeah. Again, again, letting such a her fucking week. Letting her like throw knives and shit at him just to make her feel better. You know? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I didn't even get into a lot of damn. Indie shit. Specs was fucking cool. Soldier stories at Image yeah. was fucking cool. The TMNT book that tied into the Armageddon game was dope. I mean, anyway, thanks for hanging out, everybody. We're fucking exhausted. We hope you had a good time. Uh, go to outrightgeekery.com. We got a bunch of links up there, including links to our pals over at the comic book bullies. Uh, Leroy and Eli will definitely be getting into Wakanda forever later. I mean, they are going to go hardcore deep into it. Might be the only thing they talk about. But I don't know what the hell they're going to talk about with comics this week. There were so many fucking books. Like, going into the show, I usually know, like, in advance, like, you know, these are the definitely the honorable mentions. These are definitely the top three. But I was was going back and forth from between some of these issues are going from being, like I said, honorable mentions. Should this be number one? Yeah, you know? dude. Yeah, man. It was such a rough week. But I mean, there are worse things yeah, to be able to, to have to complain about. Yeah. But, I mean, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Go to those links. Also, we want you to go to Facebook. Search Outright Geekery. Go to the group. We got a link up there, but it, it's so easy to do. Outright Geekery. Go to the Facebook group. Join up over there. Andy's always having a good time uh, modding. 
throwing up fun memes and fun stories and shit like that. Please do that. That'd be a lot of help and good fun. But uh, yeah, thanks again for everybody for hanging out. But most of all, thanks to this guy. Hell yeah. For hanging out with this dude. Uh, we're going to do it again next time. Same geek time, same geek channel. Good week for staying and reading comics, too. Man, for it to get so cold this week, so fast, like it was last week.